Check out Unpacking Israeli History podcast. From the history of infamous terror groups, Hamas and Hezbollah, to the story of Nakba, to Israel's disengagement from Gaza in 2005, there's so much to uncover. Unpacking Israeli History cuts through the noise and helps you understand Israel's present through understanding Israel's history. Catch up on previous seasons and enjoy new episodes from Season 6 each week. So, educate yourself. Learn the history behind the headlines. Find Unpacking Israeli History wherever you listen to podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Beyond Zero is Toyota's vision of a carbon-neutral future and more. Toyota gives you the power to reduce carbon emissions and help move toward its vision with a wide selection of electrified vehicles. Whether you're into hybrid EVs for that traditional Toyota feel with better MPG, battery EVs for a smooth and silent ride, or plug-in hybrid EVs that switch between battery and fuel, Toyota has you covered. And for those who prefer hydrogen, Toyota's fuel cell EVs emit nothing but water vapor from the tailpipe. So cool giving you the choice on how to reduce carbon emissions and move closer to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision. Visit toyota.com slash electrified vehicles slash beyond zero vision. Toyota, let's go places. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass, or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hey y'all, Eves here. Today's episode contains not just one, but two nuggets of history. Consider it a double feature. Enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we learn a smidgen of history every day. The day was April 15, 1989. Hu Yaobong, who was the Chinese Communist Party general secretary for several years, died. Hu had become a symbol of democratic reform and people gathered in Beijing's Tiananmen Square to mourn his death and to support his ideas of democracy and freedom. Soon, the pro-democracy demonstrations spread to other Chinese cities. But by mid-May, Premier Li Peng had declared martial law, and the People's Liberation Army would end up wounding and killing thousands of civilians. Leaders around the world denounced the Chinese government's attack. But economic and political reforms were put on hold, and protesters and activists were persecuted for their actions. In the wake of Chairman Mao Zedong's death, Deng Xiaoping became paramount leader of China in 1978. He launched a series of market economy reforms and installed Hu Yaobang as head of the Communist Party and Zhao Ziyong as the premier. Over the next decade, the public was generally happy with the economic growth and liberalization that was happening in China, 
as many citizens prospered. But on the other hand, inflation skyrocketed and corruption and nepotism were rampant among government officials. Privatization created a larger gap in wealth distribution, which many people thought was unfair. Plus, there weren't enough graduates to fill the new industry and investment jobs that opened up through the reforms. And graduates faced a limited job market also affected by nepotism. Students and intellectuals became more active politically. A divide emerged between political leaders who wanted to keep instituting reforms and those who wanted more government control. In 1986, students around China protested how slowly reform was happening. They called for human rights and democracy, among other political reform. Many leaders saw this as a slight to China's one-party system and socialist ideology and condemned the protests. Hu Yaobang, who had led the reformer side, was seen as having too much sympathy for the protesters and was forced to resign as general secretary in January 1987. The Chinese Communist Party dismissed protesters' demands as bourgeois liberalism, but students and intellectuals continued to support reform and Hu. So when Hu died of a heart attack on April 15, 1989, Protesters quickly began gathering in Beijing, Xi'an, Shanghai, Nanjing, Chengdu, and other cities. They spoke out against issues like inflation and salaries and called for greater individual freedoms. There were sit-ins and riots. Protesters issued demands for the government, including calls for democracy, the abolishment of press censorship, and more transparency on leaders' incomes. Demonstrations escalated, and a state-run newspaper incensed protesters even further by running an editorial accusing them of rejecting the Communist Party and government. On May 13th, just before Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev was set to visit China, more than 100 students began a hunger strike in Tiananmen Square, advocating for political reforms and protesting the government's refusal to negotiate. The strike earned the sympathy of people around China. Less than a week later, a rally at the square brought in more than a million people. General Secretary Zhao Suyong, a moderate, asked for compromise and an end to the demonstrations. But other leaders feared an uprising and favored using force to stop the protests. Premier Li Peng imposed martial law in Beijing, and on May 20th, troops moved into the city. The protesters continued to lead demonstrations in Tiananmen Square, and Western reporters captured news footage of the events. But China's leaders were planning an offensive. On June 1st, China shut down live news telecasts and prohibited reporters from photographing or recording the protests. At about 1 a.m. on June 4th, People's Liberation Army troops, heavily armed with tanks and rifles, entered Beijing advancing to Tiananmen Square. People tried to block them, but soldiers opened fire on the demonstrators. Indiscriminate killings continued throughout the day, as some protesters fled and some fought back. Several soldiers were killed and many were wounded. Similar attacks happened in other Chinese cities, but in Shanghai, an agreement was reached peacefully. It's estimated that as many as 10,000 people were arrested and more than 300 were killed, but there is no official count. After the Tiananmen Square massacre, 
the government cracked down on protesters, charging many with crimes and executing them. Some of the pro-democracy activists went into exile. Countries that had been watching the events unfold pronounced their disgust, and the U.S. imposed economic sanctions and arms embargoes against China for their human rights violations. Today, China suppresses mention of the massacre in media, prohibits public commemoration of the massacre, and doesn't include it in school curricula. Still, Chinese citizens have spoken out on the subject, and people in Hong Kong commemorate the incident. The last known person imprisoned for participating in the protests was said to be released in 2016, but I couldn't find any updates on whether he actually was. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at T-D-I-H-C podcast. Tune in tomorrow for another day in history. There are some stories in Jewish history that are so bizarre, so fascinating, so completely wild that they feel like they're straight out of a movie, but they're all true stories. Join hosts Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab on Jewish History Nerds for a new season of intrigue, mystic realms, and bloody battles. In season three of these podcasts, you'll meet an ancient Arabian king who converted to Judaism in a struggle for power, a mysterious author who created amulets and performed Kabbalistic exorcisms, and a can't-miss story of a female Hasidic Rebbe whose story unfolds like a real-life Yentl to challenge societal norms. Jewish history nerds will keep you on the edge of your seat as you learn all about some of the craziest and most amazing yet largely unknown stories that fill Jewish history books. Find out what happened, how it happened, and why each story still matters today. Don't miss Jewish History Nerds Season 3, hosted by Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab. Find Jewish History Nerds wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. You fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents 
a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hello, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a podcast that proves no day is a slow day in history. The day was April 15, 1970. The crew of Apollo 13 set a world record for the farthest humans have ever been from the surface of the Earth. Apollo 13 was the seventh crewed mission in the Apollo space program. The first crewed mission to the moon was Apollo 8, which was in flight from December 21st to December 27th in 1968. Apollo 8 orbited the moon and was crewed by Bill Anders, Frank Borman, and Jim Lovell. In July of the next year, Apollo 11 became the first mission to land on the moon. Just four months later, Apollo 12 also landed on the moon. Apollo 13 was supposed to be the third Apollo mission to land on the moon. It launched on April 11, 1970, from the Kennedy Space Center. Jim Lovell was the commander, John Swigert Jr. was the command module pilot, and Fred Hayes Jr. was the lunar module pilot. The plan was for them to explore the Fra Mora region of the moon. But a couple of days into the mission, when Apollo 13 was 200,000 miles away from Earth, the activation of a fan in one of the service module's two oxygen tanks caused a short circuit and an explosion in the tank. The other tank was damaged. Just seconds after the explosion, Swigert reported, Okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. With Lovell repeating, Houston, we've had a problem when prompted. Pressure in the damaged oxygen tank dropped to zero. Odyssey, the spacecraft's command and service module, was leaking oxygen. The accident also knocked out two of the service module's three fuel cells. The fuel cells were vital in generating electrical power and providing drinking water and oxygen for breathing, but the fuel cells needed oxygen to operate. The crew needed to preserve consumables like electricity and oxygen so they could have a successful re-entry and splashdown when the mission was over. So they moved to the lunar module, known as Aquarius. The lunar module was designed to support only two people for two days, but in this instance, it would have to support three people for four days. Swigert shut down Odyssey to conserve power for the end of the mission, while Hayes and Lovell worked to boot up Aquarius, which would be used as a lifeboat. The lunar landing was canceled, and the goal now was looping around the moon and getting the crew safely back to Earth. Because power had to be preserved on Aquarius as well, the crew drank little water and rationed power. Cabin temperatures dropped to just above freezing. 
Even though the mission would not land on the moon, the crew still set a world record on Apollo 13. On April 15th, the crew reached the far side of the moon at 158 miles, or 254 kilometers, above the lunar surface. That put them at about 249,000 miles away from Earth's surface. On April 17th, the command module was powered up again, and the service module was jettisoned. An hour before re-entry, the lunar module was also jettisoned. The crew soon landed in the Pacific Ocean near Samoa. Several months after the mission, NASA announced that Apollo spacecraft would be changed to, quote, enhance their potential use in an emergency mode. Later, Apollo service modules included additional emergency battery power and a third oxygen tank. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you want to send us a note or leave a comment or give us any suggestions for future episodes, you can do so on social media at T-D-I-H-C podcast. You can also send us that note via email at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.